0: learn more at marines.com
1: this is the rich eisen show
0: guess who's back you believe in
1: yes! it's a big day for us here at the rich eisen show Excited. yes live from the rich eisen show studio in los angeles i'll tell you what man the rich eisen show today's gasps
0: espn nfl insider adam schefter Legendary broadcaster Al Michaels with 1980 Team USA goalie Jim Craig. Plus your phone calls, NFL latest, and more. And now it's Rich Eisen.
1: Alrighty. Hi everybody, how you been? Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Studios in Los Angeles, California, after a week off. I'm your humble host, Rich Eisen. It's still the best dad ever, despite being cooped up with children over the last week. Uh, I'm pleased to say made it through. Uh, good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you? Hey! Good to see you, Mike Deltufo. Good to see you, Rich. How you doing? And uh, TJ Jefferson, Rich Eisen show social media. grandmaster. clearly spent his week off working on his putting stroke. You know, I got skills. We are <laughs> a dead solid perfect, that baby, to Thank start you. off our show. Well, I know you talk bad about me if I miss right off the bat. I never. So. No, no, no. I talk of you. <laughs> it's just your inter- inter- interpretation of how I do it. Gotcha. Okay. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see <laughs> hey. everybody back here on Peacock. Back here on uh, on on this uh, Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio Philly. Right back here on Sirius XM Channel Two Eleven NBC Sports Audio. Thrilled to be here. We have got. Um, look, I, I I'm I only know one speed, and uh, even though we were off, um, I, I I'm sitting around. I'm thinking to myself, we're 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 back on the show on Monday. And it's February 22nd, and that date uh, for me um, always sticks out in the sports calendar because it was on this date in 1980 that uh, Team USA beat, uh, beat the Russians. Gold medal game uh, after that, and they win it all. They win it all in the 1980 Olympics in Lake Placid, New York. I was an 11-year-old kid sitting there waiting for the game to play uh, show up on, uh, on TV um, on tape delay. And I'll, I'll never forget it. And, uh, and so I figured, let's see what, what we can do to make it special. And uh, I, we're showing a photograph of, the, of one of the goals here. I, I think it was uh, Mark Johnson scoring with no time left in the, in the end of the first period. And uh, I, I get goosebumps just even seeing the photographs, just even talking about it. I get goosebumps. So uh, I call up good friend of the program, Al Michaels. Al, are you available sometime this week? The answer was, in a way. And uh, <laughs> and I, I reached out to Jim Craig, who's been on this program, uh, the goalie who stopped 36 of 39 shots 41 years ago today against the Russians and uh, against the Soviets, the Soviet Union. And um, he said yes, and we were able to find a time, and I Zoomed with him. And the conversation is going to be aired uh, in the third hour of this show. Please make a note to join us for that. We'll have a, a compelling listen and watch from between now and then. And it is a dynamite chat. It is just all kinds of awesome. And it is required for all sorts of people who either don't remember it or are too young to know about it. And 41 years ago today, the single greatest moment that was voted in uh, the sports century of the 20th century, greatest single sports moment of, of the 20th century and uh, it lingers today and uh that's coming up in hour number three al michaels was at the mic next to ken dryden 41 years ago today and look at that shot of al look at that look at that lid on al and there's ken dryden who al will tell you had never done television before look at the television next to al looks (laughs) like i think i played (laughs) coleco vision or or telestar pong with my brother on such a thing and and uh, the sweaters and i mean all sorts of great stuff and that coke ripoff tab that's right
0: back there and and so
1: um uh al said ken dryden never done television before can't wait for you guys to hear this it was one of those things when i Um, i hit leave meeting for all i just like it was one of those moments (laughs) where you look at your computer and like Please start please to that. download. Please, please, please. <laughs>
2: please let it record.
1: <laughs> I think
2: I saw Vigo Mortensen
1: in, in the yeah, that yeah one that's picture. right. We had the actor <laughs> who said he was uh he was in the uh in the crowd Bravia. in the stands that day, forty one years ago tonight. And we will stroll down a memory lane appropriately for one of the best sports moments, if not the best, ever in the history of this great country. And and uh, that's gonna be coming up in hour number three. Adam Schefter will be joining us in about fifteen minutes time. My good old buddy. Anything the- happened while we were gone? Oh, gosh. Did anything happen? <laughs> okay, so let's get into this. Let's get into this. We knew the best spot for Carson Wentz was was Indianapolis. We knew it.
0: Right. Yeah. We knew it was the yeah, best
1: spot true. for him outside of Philadelphia was Indianapolis. If not, the best spot, including Philadelphia, was Indianapolis because they have a needed quarterback because the coach is Frank Wright and Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator. For Wentz in Philadelphia in the year in which he had the MVP in his sights. When he also, unfortunately for him, had the goal line in the LA Coliseum across town here in his sights against the Rams, decided to go leaping forward head first, even though there's a guy named Aaron Donald out on the field, and Aaron Donald and the rest of the Rams defense that converged on him hit him in the knee and he suffered a torn knee ligament, and was done for the year, and so was his MVP candidacy, but he had the Eagles in position for the one seed, which Nick Foles and the rest of the team did wind up securing in the regular season and used to their benefit in the postseason. Frank Reich was that guy, okay? Now Frank's in Indianapolis. So Carson Wentz not being the same guy after Reich left to coach the Indianapolis Colts Put two and two together comes up with number 11 in Indianapolis, although he might not be number 11 in Indianapolis, and we'll hit that later on in the show. But this is, also makes sense for Philadelphia. If you want Wentz gone, any team that wants their guy gone does not want that guy in two places, primarily division, secondarily conference. Where's Indianapolis? The AFC. Eagles won't see him but once every four years. That's also done. But what normally makes sense doesn't usually happen. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And when we were in studio here getting ready for the Super Bowl, and I was heading off to Tampa, word was Wentz is gone. Wentz is going to be gone, and he's going to be gone fast. And it didn't happen. We had Joe Banner, former Eagles executive, on in this program prior to our break, and he said essentially that when these things slow down, the offer is not – snuff and as you know there are other uh people said offer never happened and either way we find out what finally caused howie roseman and the eagles to say sold to indianapolis and it does not resemble whatsoever at all the rams uh, lions trade for stafford for golf not even close Well, number one is that the Eagles did not take a quarterback back and the Colts basically took on the entirety of the contract that was the albatross for the Eagles. Now is the problem for the Colts unless Frank Reich can unlock Carson Wentz. A third-round pick this year and a conditional second-round pick next year that becomes a first-rounder if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps this coming year or 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs, I will say this. I will say this. Based on what we saw from the Colts last year with Phillip Rivers, based on what we know of the Colts, a run-oriented team with a stout offensive line up front and weapons – At the wide receiver spot that, in my mind, exceeds the current wide receiver spot in Philadelphia. Not just this year, but I think the year before, too. I think that's going to be a first-round pick that the Eagles get for Wentz. Because I like Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the fact that he's in a new spot. I like the fact that he's comfortable with the coach. I like the fact that the coach is comfortable for him. I like the fact that Wentz clearly needs to be told, we love you. This is obvious, as Adam Schefter is going to join us later on, and he's going to repeat what he told to a local radio station in Philadelphia, that Wentz and Doug Peterson did not speak For eight, nine, or ten weeks. Now, you could easily do the math. It's a 17-week regular season. And he was only benched for a month of it. So, there was at least another month in which they were not talking. And Wentz clearly needs to be told, we love you. You are wanted here. And what says, we want you here more than the acquisition via trade. As the Colts just did. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing to me what happens in the NFL. This narrative generating machine, as I always like to call it. And I always like to, you know, do origin stories and Genesis stories, which is going to be the basis of a new podcast that I'm doing with Westwood, one called Just Getting Started which I am promoting in a way by dropping it right here. Howard. Well, as you know me, there's an I in Rich and Eisen, and if not me, who, and if not, now when. (laughs) But that's going to be launching in early March. And I just love how dominoes fall and how things work out. Would Wentz still be on the Eagles if Josh McDaniels didn't flake on Ah. the Colts?
2: (laughs) That's funny. Hmm.
1: If McDaniels didn't flake on the Colts, then Reich doesn't get the job in Indianapolis. And maybe Wentz comes back from his knee injury and feels more confident and has a better season. Right? The Bucks this year just won it all. Spoiler alert. We've got their general manager, Jason Light, on tomorrow's show.
2: I still can't believe they won Correct. Time. They went on a you run. You can't believe it. <laughs> now,
1: what's going to happen to this Bucks team and the players that either are going to stay or leave and those who stay, will they be champions again, to use a phrase from my alma mater? Will, will that all work out because they didn't lose either one of their coordinators? Which usually happens to a Super Bowl yeah. team? Would Carson Wentz and the Eagles still be together if, because if we're saying this is a perfect marriage in Indianapolis, and I am saying that this is a good mix, I mean, like it's a good roll of the dice here for Chris Ballard, who is your general manager there in Indianapolis, and because what are the alternatives at this spot? You want to you want to run it back from. 2019 with Jacoby Brissett? Do you want to run it back with your own fresh rookie starter? You want to do that? Or do you want to go roll the dice on somebody who's still young with a tremendous upside that your coach says, I got this. And what, it's just a couple years of a ton of freight salary cap wise. Because if it doesn't work out in the next two years, you could just say it would cost us a 3 and a, and a 1, but we made the playoffs that year, or a 3 and a 2, and then you're saying that's done. Makes sense from Indianapolis. Makes, uh, uh, to me, it uh, uh, makes a sensible point. But if you're saying that this is a perfect marriage, I-, I just wonder, what if Josh McDaniels said, I'm coming? What would everything look like right Does now? Does Andrew Wing still retire? What is happening right. to all these franchises? And that one moment where we're like, "Oh, he just wants to stay in New England after yeah. all. We'll see how that works out." And just he talked to Bill, and then that one decision—how has that affected so much? Yeah, wow.
0: You figure if Peterson gets fired, Wright takes over in Philly. Went still stays in Philly, maybe.
1: I don't know. And then obviously, Does I don't want to. I don't go wanna, there. Right? I don't want to also take a another leap. I don't know. Philip doesn't go. I don't know. Right. But I don't want to take another leap here because. When you're talking McDaniel's in New England, whether he's there and whether he's not, Brady does have to come in the equation. I don't know how yeah. that would, and that this all cascaded in a way that we don't know otherwise. You mean like does Tom go to the Colts? I don't know. Oh, no, I'm not, no, whoa, I'm not saying whoa, that does Tom whoa. does Tom ever leave, and that's oh. a totally unfair just assumption. But I'm just throwing ripples in the pond just as food for thought. Because that's what I thought when I when I heard, well, Frank Scott Wentz in Indianapolis, which if I had strolled up to you that night, Chris, in the three degree weather as we were leaving US Bank in Minnesota after watching your Patriots lose to the Eagles. If I had told you as we were strolling out, you would probably have thought I was frostbitten in my head. <laughs> hey, Reich is going to be coaching the Colts with Wentz in twenty twenty one. Three years from now. Yeah, right. And and Doug Peterson will be gone. And Josh McDaniels is gonna take the job in a couple months, but leave. And Reich's gonna take that job. Like honestly, you can't make it up. So I want to talk about this with Adam Schefter. Also with Adam, the uh, comments by Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert over our break about Big Ben's future, where he would only essentially allow that Big Ben, Big Ben is a breathing human being currently on the roster in Pittsburgh. And outside of that, we can't really talk about what the next steps are, really. That was the only admission. Yeah, Big Ben is still a breathing, living human being, and he's under contract to us. So, I want to ask that of Adam Schefter. What is the latest on Deshaun Watson? And then with Jason Light on tomorrow, the Bucs general manager, what what is his to-do list? I kind of will use Adam to help me prepare for that interview. And then again, Jim Craig, Al Michaels, Hour number three, and also later on this hour, I proffered to say this, and I said this to you over the weekend, Chris. One of the greatest drops in the history of our show has been created. <laughs> That's what you said. It's, it's been, and it happened on Friday night in the Zoom that I hosted yeah. for the Arians Family Foundation charity fundraiser and Super Bowl celebration with Bruce Arians.
2: What are you smoking, bro? Give me something. I'm not <laughs>
1: at all. Off on this. Okay? It's amazing. We'll play that later this hour. You talking
2: playoffs or what? Just
1: you wait. Those
2: are some good ones.
1: 844-204-Rich is also the number. don we miss talking to you. When we come back, Adam Schefter will join us here on the Rich Eisen show with the latest in all that we just laid out on the table for you. Back from vacation, people. I'm rested and highly caffeinated. Let's go. Unbelievable! You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We are back here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio affiliates. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We appreciate everybody here on this very exciting Monday. Um, So uh, we've got a great great conversation in store for you in hour number three. Uh, Al Michaels and uh, Jim Craig... Um, and just a little taste, just to promote that in hour three, these guys are going to be joining us. Here, Here's a, a little taste of Al and Jim Craig here on the 41st anniversary of the Miracle on Ice.
2: I looked at it in all honesty that if you played one period against the Russians, it was equivalent to a whole game against any other team. And so I, I broke the game into three separate games of four or five-minute periods. And so I could concentrate and be – really laser focus and then broke the game into like you can't let them score in the third period because that was the most important momentum wise and so when i did that it the game moved along faster and it was easier to uh prepare
1: and again uh, i got a call from al michaels when this conversation was done to say that jim craig told stories he'd never heard before that's all I can say. That's our three. And um, and as soon as I heard uh, that uh, we were back on the air on Monday with this, and I just, like, you know, we got to kick it up a notch. So uh, my great friend from the worldwide leader in sports with the latest on uh, the National Football League and so much more, Adam Schefter. How are you, Adam?
2: Hello, there is, First of all, happy 41st anniversary to you, to Jim Craig, Al Michaels. Right. I obviously can remember exactly where I was when all that transpired. And where secondly, were you? Oh, I was in the basement of my house in Belmore, New York, yeah. and it was a – I think it was Friday, and obviously, if you remember back then, the game was on tape delay. And That's social right. Social media didn't exist. And so the result had come in, but you didn't know exactly what happened. And ABC, or oh, I think it was ABC, it was. was saving the game to play it later. And what people forget is that wasn't the gold medal game. The gold medal game was Sunday against Finland, I believe. Yes, not, that's, that's
1: correct. correct. And it's just like every everybody thinks the World Series ended when the ball went through Buckner's legs or Tyree had the game-winning right. catch in the Super Bowl. These are just big moments that actually didn't win Everything and because you and I have the same uh, same childhood, same upbringing, Adam. I was in the basement in Staten Island, New York, of my parents' house. Yeah. And my brother, the old my, my older brother, knowing it was tape delayed, we we turned off all the traffic and weather together radios that my parents always listened to in the house to make sure we did not have the uh, results spoiled because it was tape delayed.
2: Yeah. No. It's um. Well, the- <laughs> it was it was an incredible time. Again, I mean, I could see my surroundings. I could see that dark. Tank basement mm. that I was in, the old, beaten-up TV that I watched it on. I was just incredible. It was a lifelong memory to see what transpired that weekend in Lake Placid, and just incredible. I really remember all of it. And obviously, uh, like so many people, we were all mesmerized and fixated by so much that came out, all the books and shows and mm. documentaries. And, and it's one of those things you can never get enough of. So good for you for getting them on. And I also should mention, Rich. Yes, sir. That every quarter I get a quarterly royalty check for my unbelievable appearance in the longest yard the movie it's like three dollars and thirty three cents yes sir comes every quarter and I always look forward to my royalty checks uh, to <laughs> save my bank and get my piggy bank here you've got a,
1: you've got to Instagram out the next one Adam I, I you just uh just do it just when you get yeah. you get one of them just just lay it on me and, uh, and I, and, and I don't every think time that. I,
2: every time I get it, I'm like okay here's my check for two dollars and Forty-one cents, and I wonder what Adam Sandler's
1: for today, so <laughs> dude. I think the same thing. Whenever I open a CSI Miami for five cents, like what does David Caruso make? I mean, he only made three thousand <laughs> of them. Unbelievable. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks for a look, bud. Uh, I I love. Uh, I know you're a busy, man, all the time. So when you call in in a February when it's a quiet time, I, I appreciate it. Although it's never a quiet time, obviously in the NFL. No, we,
2: we appreciate we appreciate the quiet times, Rich, and, and this this seemingly seems to be one, but. That can change in a moment's notice in this league. So we'll say. Well,
1: let's right? hit. Let's hit on some things that happened last week while I was off. And you know, uh, your uh, comment that I think you made on a a radio appearance over the weekend in Philadelphia certainly leapt out at me. Where you said that Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz did not speak for anywhere of a period of time of from eight weeks to ten weeks. That that's the case between those uh, two
0: guys. Multiple,
2: multiple, multiple weeks. Uh, again. They communicated, they texted, uh, but I don't think they spoke for a period of time. At least that's how it was relayed to me, right? You, we are only as good as what we've been told. So sure. somebody told that to me, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know where they got it from, but um, look, there was, there was a, you know, everybody can dress it up however they want and say that everybody was fine with each other. But the truth of the matter is they weren't fine with each other. They just weren't. It just was not a normal relationship the way you'd want your head coach and quarterback to have their relationship. It's so the way it is, right? And, by the way, Doug Peterson's not there anymore. Carson Wentz isn't there anymore. And it's really remarkable to think that a team and an organization that has had as much success as the Eagles have had in recent years, winning a Super Bowl, winning a division, going to the playoffs, um, almost getting back to another NFC Championship game. And, and now, like, these parts have been discarded and just thrown about, and they've moved on from from so many of them. It's just it's it's really incredible how quickly uh, it's all come apart for an organization that has been and has had as much success as the Eagles have had.
1: So again, I, I'm I'm wondering where, where the tension came from, or what is the the basis of the tension between Peterson and Wentz, and you know discussing it now. I know you know the Eagles will say over and over again, as is their right, and usually a team's want that they're turning the page, but the fact that a page needed to be turned at all it, mm. for for a team that's just a, a couple of years, three years removed from winning the Super Bowl. Uh, so Because the number of times that Peterson took the um, slings and arrows uh, standing up in front of the media to say it's still Wentz's job when Wentz was clearly, clearly, uh, I guess the best way to put it was uh, off kilter. And the, I guess, less generous way to put it was dis- dis- disintegrating. That, that, where did that come from, the basis of the tension, best you can tell, Adam?
2: I, you know, Rich, uh, I think it's a compilation of a number of factors. I think it, uh, it's hard to know the exact origins, but I would say that I don't know that the selection of Jalen Hurts helped the situation. And it certainly seemed like Carson didn't react to that favorably. And it seems like it was reflected in his level of confidence, and in his performance. Now, it's hard for me to imagine that it's just that. Like, how could that be? Right. Right? Yeah. But, so, I'm sure there are many layers to this. Many layers. Uh, of which I'm not smart enough to know all of them. I just know that they existed. <laughs> I, and, and everybody who watched them knows that there were things there. Right? So, I, I don't know that we'll ever get the full truth on that because I think everybody does want to just move on and go their own way. But there were issues. Carson came apart. It's why they were willing to unload him and why his value obviously was not what it would have been when, if they had ever wanted to move on to him, which who would have thought that ever would have been the case when he was competing for an NFL MVP award. Like the guy went from on top of the NFL world to the Eagles having a shortage of teams interested in him in one of the biggest quarterback buying markets that we'll ever see in an offseason. There was one team, one team that made an offer on him, the Colts.
1: Adam Schefter here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Meanwhile, across state, as you just said uh, about how, how uh, remarkable a turnaround or disintegration uh, with Wentz and the Eagles um was just over a, a few years spent. How about across state, uh, Adam, where the Steelers go from 11-0, and 0, last remaining undefeated team in 2020, to last week where the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin Colbert, essentially would only allow for Big Ben's future or current state that he's a, a an alive human being who uh, breathes and can fog up a mirror on a contract currently with the Steelers. That was essentially all Colbert would allow is what it seemed to me. How did you take his comments from last week that there's still miles to go here potentially for big Ben to continue on with the only franchise he's ever known and one too strange
2: because if they want him back for all that he's done for them and they've done for him all Kevin Colbert had to say was he's our quarterback we've got a lot of work to do and we'd love to have Ben back it's amazing Rich There there are a few things, just general themes that you could apply to any situation. I can't believe how many times somebody's gotten in front of the media since the season ended and said something that left you scratching your head like that. Like that. Like, what is that? And also, what's amazing to me is, again, the disintegration of the Eagles. Do you think the franchises in, say, um... Florham Park, New Jersey, or Cleveland, Ohio, or uh, Miami, Florida, would kill for what the Eagles have done recently. Like, and yet in Philadelphia, uh, they want to destroy people. They they want people fired. They want the organization overrun. They want to set it on fire. And, And 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 in Pittsburgh, it's not entirely dissimilar either. Like. They were 11-0. and 0. They were rolling. They were as good as any team in football. And because they looked so horrendous down the stretch, okay, well, maybe it's time to move on. Let's get rid of people. And I just think the league is, the noise surrounding the league is louder than it's ever been. The scrutiny of each organization is greater than it's ever been. The hysteria that surrounds each team is more hysterical than it's ever been and i think that contributes to some of this like do you think and and i'm just wondering i don't know the answer to this if all this had transpired in philadelphia 15 years ago would they have run off carson wentz a few years later would everybody associated with that super bowl win be gone or on the way out like would that would
1: that have happened? I'm asking you. I don't well, know. Here's so so. Let me. I guess let's let's pull on this a little bit. Adam Schefter. Um, I think the Brady and, and victory in Tampa, uh, in which every single person who scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl for the first time was uh, a free agent that wasn't on the team the year before. I think everybody's saying, well, if we make the right moves, we could be two, three, four moves away from going from. 500 or barely being 500 to winning it all and that's why i think that people are maybe willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater quicker in a league that's already known for that um it's just that this is big ben though i mean this is this is you know he's basically saying i'll I'll play for nothing and they're basically like well we got to talk about this cap number and the cap is going to be contracting due to covid maybe put it all together and that's what you're talking about
2: I, 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 I guess, and I listen, I love honesty and I love transparency and I love people talking to the media. That's great. But I don't understand why Kevin Colbert would say that. Now, maybe he was trying to deliver a message. But I, I just, I, I don't see the need to do that. I just don't see the need to do that. It could have been so simple as he's meant so much to this organization and we need to work together to try to figure this out.
1: Unless they don't want him.
2: Unless, but I don't think that's the case. So, again, you know, <clears throat> we'll see. But yeah, it's just one more quarterback vlog on the quarterback fire that's burning brightly this offseason. Adam Schefter. it'll keep it'll keep your show very warm. Yeah, I
1: know Adam Schefter here uh, on the Rich Eisen show, and your and your uh, handheld devices uh, very warm uh, as well. Yes. So, um, and then of course everything we just mentioned, I think compa- pales in comparison to what's going on with Deshaun Watson because we've never seen somebody age 25 sign a big, huge contract like that and then turn around a year later and say, I want out, and there's a new coach and a new general manager coming in and he doesn't even want to talk to them. Where do things stand on that, Adam, as you and I are talking right now?
2: Yeah, exactly where they've been and exactly where they will be for a little bit of time, which is that the Texans are intent upon not trading him, and he's intent upon not playing for that team again. And so you tell me, how that plays out oh, over time and when it reaches ahead and when it reaches a crescendo. And I, I don't know the answer to that. Nobody knows. You know, the Texans could say, hey, we'll sit on you as long as it takes until you come back here. And he could say, I don't really care. I know what I've experienced and I know what I believe about you. I'm not coming back there. Now, we've seen this before with other players. And every player is different. It, it, it unfolds different, but we're also living in a different day and age, and I don't know that there's ever been a player as talented as Deshaun in the position he's in that has been willing to go to the mat and go to the distance with the team. So I, I don't know how that plays itself out. I, I do know that, in my mind, the first real natural deadline that would come along would be coming up to the draft, because if you are the Texans and you are even – open to the idea that you would move on from him and by the way they've given no indication so far that that is the case mm-hmm. all this talk about the sean watts being traded which again uh, we've had you've had everybody's had has been media generated because we can look into the horizon and see what could be out there whereas the texans aren't even looking into the horizon they are living in the moment. <laughs> yeah, so, they're living. They're and, and, living in the moment,
1: hoping that their phone buzzes with a text from number four saying, "Let's chat." You know, and so and that ain't happening. So let me ask, let me ask you this, Adam: Has he delivered a list to them uh, of that these are the teams I want? Because the number of times uh, he would he'd love to go to the Jets, no, he wouldn't, yeah. or he'd love to go to the Dolphins. No, he
2: actually prefers the Broncos. Like, well, well, is, let, does let, something you know, like that let, exist? You, you know, what's funny? I, I I continue to see reports like the Miami Dolphins are interested in Deshaun Watson. Report. And I think to myself, hold on. Let me spell it out to you right now, Rich. Yes. Every team in the NFL with a quarterback question is interested in Deshaun Watson. Breaking news, okay? Right. You list the teams. The Jets, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Niners, the Bears. Everyone with a question is interested in Deshaun Watson. Breaking, okay? We can put that to bed, right? Everybody would love to have him. Everybody. Including the Houston Texans.
1: So has he delivered a list to them, best you you know?
2: Does- I, I, I don't I don't know that. Okay. I don't know that. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that they're at that level yet. Um I don't know how Deshaun and his people have decided to navigate this dance in the coming weeks. Um at some point I would think that either Deshaun or his representation would go to the Texans and deliver them in the strongest language possible, we are never going to play for your organization again. You might want to trade us. Hmm. And when you say the list of teams, what I've sensed in talking to various people is that the list of teams is not as short as it would be for somebody like Matthew Stafford or even Carson Wentz who wants to go to Indy. I think Deshaun is pretty wide open I'm going to a lot of different places as long as that place is not Houston. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable! It's just crazy. Last one for you, Adam, uh, before I let you go, sir. Um, again, the salary cap is expected to be far less than, uh, mm-hmm. normal times, normal years, non-COVID, et cetera, so on and so forth. Give me some names that might be surprise cuts just because, you know, ordinarily, of course, this player would be on the team. Um, Give me, give me, give me somebody that we might hear. Go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person is now a free agent. With somebody yeah. like say J.J. J. Watt, give me, yeah. give me one.
2: I, it, it, Rich, we can go through every team, and I don't think it's that hard to come up with some of the names. And many teams, multiple teams, you have to do. I, I don't want to just throw out a name. Uh, I think uh, I, I would just say this: that you are probably looking at one of the biggest, if not the biggest, buyer's market in the history of free agency because what you're going to see is the elite players get paid and obviously there's going to be a lot of rookies that are going to be drafted that are on the minimum contracts and the middle-class player the veteran guy who gets released I think is going to be in a tough spot mm. because that cap is going to have to come from somewhere and they're not going to compromise. I'm paying a guy like Dak Prescott or Chris Godwin or the elite of the elite that come along every year, That the top dozen, twenty, two dozen free agents. But that next level, I think it's a very, very tough year to be a free agent. And next year probably will be a tough year to be a free agent. But the goal would be you want to get to about 2023 and have the new TV money kick in and have the cap skyrocket up and once that happens, it's going to be a great time to be a free agent. Oh, not going to be a great time to be a free agent this offseason unless you are an elite talent.
1: All right, I lied last minute for you, Adam. The fact that Drew Brees is not retired yet, is, is there any, any there, there that he might actually be going back and forth on this?
2: And well, here's stick? the thing on Drew Brees. Last year, he went into the Saints at the Pro Bowl, the coaching staff, and they cried because that was his last game, the Pro Bowl. He was retiring, and then he took some time off. And lo and behold, he came back in March. And by the way, if he hadn't come back, I really believe that there's a chance that Tom Brady would have been the same quarterback this year, huh. and he would have been playing in New Orleans. Not, but that, that's a different story. And so he came back. Now, what is going through his mind once he steps away? There are so many players that, that plan to retire, want to retire. And then to actually get him to retire, it's not a simple thing. And so I'm not telling you he is kind – of, I still I still think he will retire, but I don't think these things are just black and white like he's ready to just go out the door just yet, even though I think ultimately that will be the decision.
1: Adam, you're the man. Love you. You be well. Love you, Rich. Right and back to you. 40,
2: happy 41. That's right. Uh, next time next time, my, uh, we get to see each other in person, you're spending your royalty check on a cup of coffee from me.
1: Done. I'll see you soon. You take care, Adam. You're the man. That's Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter here. Real quick. Real quick. You imagine Breeze doesn't retire?
2: Oh, buddy. Hi,
1: Could you imagine Breeze does not retire? So he can throw 10-yard uh, outs all year? Oh, here he goes. Oh, <laughs> you, 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 yo, you, 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 you. Yo. Yo. Come on now. That would give Brockman an entire Guy, season's worth of... Dude, uh, dude had... Please, uh, please come back. <laughs> Hold on a second. Please come back. Let me just, let me pound the table for number nine. Let me just pound the table for number <laughs> please nine. Please come back. Please let me pound the table for number nine. Please let me pound the table for number nine. Pound it. No, I'll do it right here. We're all just seeing Brady and we're like, this is this is what 43-year-olds kind of do. And, and, and proof that he's more of an outlier... You know, uh, well, even though I'm just saying that we we're, we're take Brady for granted, but the the fact that he's also still doing it at 43, and look what look Brees—he was being held together by scotch tape, turning 41. You know, that's what normally happens. Brie, Brady, Brady, Brady—we take him for granted, but he's also the outlier. Yeah. Those are the, we have it both ways with Tom. I'm a 51-year-old man. I'm not comparing myself to a uh, high-level National Football League quarterback athlete, even though I kind of am right now. The amount of stretching. Honestly, Chris, wait till you hit a certain age. I already feel it. Oh, my gosh. The fact that Breeze is still doing this at this age is remarkable. And the guy had all those broken ribs. You know he wasn't fully healed coming back.
0: Yeah, no, you of
1: know, not. he wasn't fully coming back. And part of that might be sitting there saying, I will not go out like this. I can't go out like this. That's why the fact that he hasn't retired yet. Watch, it'll cross the waiver wire in like an hour that he's retiring. But, um, the, but he's
2: not going to be able to magically throw it 40 mm, yards
1: again. I'm just saying, don't think if he comes back, all those memes of him, you know, pushing a brick that's his 40-yard <laughs> pass trying to find Michael Thomas as will is going to see 844204 Rich number to Dom the greatest drop in the history of the Rich Eisen Show in my estimation It's pretty damn funny what's coming up next It's that time of year people spring has sprung and that means spring cleaning or at least from over two thousand seven hundred brands and retailers, and right now Ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars for just trying Ibotta by using the code ISEN when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E I S E N. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store, and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets
2: This is the Rich Eisen show.
1: One thing I, I love about you, Steve, is when you host Family Feud, you get a, you you realize that there's a moment that is happening, and you make a meal out of it. Like you, as a host, know we got to stop here and we have to acknowledge just how insane this moment just is yeah. right now. And one of my favorite ones, just like that, involves Stefan Diggs of the Minnesota Vikings. When he was playing for the fast money, and it was leave it blank. And he said, In. And the whole place (laughs) went absolutely nuts. And you just stepped away. Yeah. And just made an absolute five-course meal out of that. Because
0: we have to drink this moment. Yeah. See, sir, I don't see Stefan Diggs. Look, man. If you got your helmet on you, your number, we all know who you are. Once he takes the helmet off, we got to kind of figure who that is. So he didn't have his helmet on. I wanted him to be YouTube famous for the rest of his life. Because what's great, man, is he's, you know, we do a lot of NFL, NBA shows on Family Feud for celebrities. It's great, man, when regular people discover that celebrities don't know nothing. They don't. You think because a person is famous, they know more. They actually know less. They know less than anybody else because they're exposed to less. Rich people don't know how much milk costs. You get out of touch, man. And when they come on Celebrity Family Feud, you find out how out of touch they are. They don't know Anything man. <laughs> like one of the questions for the NFL team was yeah. and we were asking guy, running back for the Packers, uh, can't think of his name, but the question was complete the sentence. Strip. And you spoke, you know, like strip, mall, strip, strip, strip poker, strip sack. Strip sack. I said name, complete the word strip. He said per. <laughs> strip pur. i went hold on man i quit breathing <laughs> how is that your point of reference to complete the word strip Per. p-e-r that was it i was done that was one of my great moments and he, again you just walk away
1: and you just you realize it in the moment like okay this is it and I'm going to let this thing go. Hey, after the show, he
0: asked me, he said, Steve, is there any way we can edit that out? (laughs) I said, sir, we're not editing that out. Matter (laughs) of fact, we're going to embellish it. (laughs) You're going to say purr so loud. Purr.
1: Oh, man. That was just part of a great chat with Steve Harvey at last year's Super Bowl. Go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash show for all of our archives. Peacock uh, viewers right here. We welcome you back. We welcome back our radio audience as well. Okay. Rich, that was January 30th, 2020. I know. Now it's, here we are. If you would have known at that point where we would be where today. We going, like, would you have done anything differently? <sighs> no, I don't think so.
0: Mm. Eh.
1: I don't think. I, I think don't. I would have attended one or two more parties that I oh, got invited well, to. Go. And, on to and, the movies, and, maybe. No, yeah. as, as you know, as you know, I'm I'm one of those lead pipe building professionals at Super Bowls who don't want to show up on the air. You can always tell <laughs> members of the NFL media who go out to and stay party. out till oh, three yeah. in the morning when they say, "Hey, it's Super Sunday, everybody, welcome to our show." Like, I will not be that person uh-huh. ever. But probably, no, no, no. Well, Even if you knew? <laughs> so, uh, hey, guess what, folks? Uh, had a great time as the host of the Bruce Arians Family Foundation um, charity Zoom on Friday. We talked about it with uh, Bruce before we went on vacation that he was going to have a, a, a Zoom in support of the Arians Family Foundation. Um, Two-hour Zoom asked me to host it. i way in. So um, it was great. It started off with uh Arians in quotes Frank Caliendo doing Bruce Arians working blue phenomenal death. I mean everyone knows it was great it was like 10 minutes before you, we started the zoom um we're in the, the <laughs> I guess the green room going over the run of show and Caliendo is already in the hat with a tumbler and Arians shows up in his hat with his tumbler and and Frank starts working blue and they ask Arians beforehand like Are, he said, all right, if we work blue, I cannot repeat Arians' answer, giving the green light on blue. Okay. It was phenomenal. Just great. And then halfway through, diehard Arizona Cardinals fan and Arians' friend, Blake Shelton, shows up. Okay. And he's got his guitar, and he's about to sing a song. And sure enough, um, Blake Shelton, before he sings his song, says, I just want to say something to you, Rich. Okay, what do you want to say? He proceeds to say. Now, call this a humble brag or what? I'm just telling you the story. He proceeds to say. Not only does he watch NFL Network, but he listens to this show on Sirius XM every day. Blake Selvin? is what he says. Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio. What's I'm, up, Blake? Blake, okay, Blake, what so how man? How you doing, Blake, man? Up, man? How you up man? It's cracking, And he says, and he listens, and he hears how we do our business, and, and he's come up with a jingle for the show. What? <laughs> what? Blake <laughs> Shelton. Fact. What? Fact. I'm like, okay, go ahead, and what do you got? Roll tape. You ready for this?
0: Here we go. When it comes to football, he sure is a wiser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Richisen.
1: All right, let me just do a describe for the radio audience what I'm doing right now, Chris.
2: He's just turning around. Turning
0: my chair.
1: (laughs) I want you, Blake Shelton. Wow. Now. When he says he's gonna sing the jingle, I immediately start trying to hit record on the Zoom. Oh. But I'm not the host, so I can't record it. That's right. So after he does that, I'm start texting all the people in charge. Like did anyone else forget and Steve Webster that? and oh, all yeah, those yeah, folks yeah, in charge. Yeah. I'm like, tell me you got this. <laughs> Ten minutes later it comes back while Blake's still on the Zoom. We didn't we didn't roll on it. So what you see right there, I flat out asked him again to do it. <laughs> Take two, (laughs) because as you know, I have no shame. None. You have zero. You have zero. So from now on, if anybody wants to come at me about my football knowledge, all I have to say is this: You ready for this?
0: Here we go. When it comes to football, he sure is a wiser. Mm-hmm. Rich Eisen <laughs>
1: Thank you so much everybody Blake Shelton Blake Shelton <laughs> Who then admitted It's tough to rhyme with Eisen Is what he said you know? Yeah uh-huh. Was the word Wizen That's what he yeah, said yeah, Wisen. Doesn't matter. It's Blake Shelton. Yeah, Blake. What's up, man? Good to see you. What's happening, Blake? How you
0: doing, man? (laughs) Hey. Hey, what's up, man? Good to hear from you. We should just say hi to Blake Blake? once every yeah every every
1: segment. Let's say hi to Blake. (laughs) Oh, trust me, we're going to be hearing that a lot. And everybody, you're going to donate to ariansfamilyfoundation.com and learn more.